Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Welcome to our hour of <laughs> wisdom and uplifting joy. Oh, so much joy. Just spreading the joy. <laughs> we should have our opening announcements be instead of like, Welcome to Not So Miller Mormon Podcast. We should just say, welcome to an hour of chat with two chubby spinsters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, listeners, <laughs> if you don't follow us on Instagram, um, then you don't understand that reference. But we caused quite a stir last week with our post. Um when we compared Joe Exotic to Joseph Smith, apparently that really hit a nerve with Axel Morgan. Some feathers. Big time. And we got some very creative insults. And that was one of them that a lady um, who seemed like she was many a year our senior, she she said that, the, well, she also said that we were stupid and yeah, just that. Anyway, so that was, <laughs> that was great. That was a lovely time. Ugh. Y'all, we just need to talk about, like, Katie and I were questioning whether or not to even acknowledge these things on the podcast and these comments because we're like, do we want to waste energy on this? Do we want to give them more attention? But in reality, I just need to vent about it for a second (laughs) because it was a lot. Like, our phones were going off nonstop from Thursday until Sunday, basically. Like, mm-hmm. I would go to bed and I would wake up the next morning to, at one point, I had 80-something notifications on Instagram, which is just fucking ridiculous. And it was just comments. Like, it didn't even include likes or messages. Those well, were just honestly- comments. Honestly, Sarah, that was probably low, too, because I had been checking it while you were asleep. So if I hadn't been checking it, you know, it would have been way more than that, because I was at the point where I couldn't even keep up with, like, the conversations that were happening because the the um, notifications were coming in too quickly. And so I couldn't even keep up with it. But a big shout out, shout out to the people our listeners who were defending us and are yes with these trolls on our behalf because it got very exhausting for Sarah and I so you all know who you are I'm not going to name you by name because I don't want to forget anyone but yeah that was incredible but yeah it was bonkers they were very very upset and the things that they were saying were for the most part there was a couple of uh, Mormon commenters that were nice-ish <laughs> but most of them were very very hostile and very mean and I was over here thinking like you know that's if they want us to come back to their church that's the last thing that's gonna make me come back is someone being this nasty to me you know exactly and the, the comments were just like All I could do was just sigh, like, every time I read one, because they were so ridiculous, and, like, it just, it made me want to just shake them, because it'd be like, you guys don't have all the information, and blah, 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 and I'm like, do you not understand how ironic that comment is? Like, 
you don't have all the information because you haven't researched or people like there was that one commenter who like kept trying to throw in historical context and like make himself sound super intellectual in order to disguise the fact that he still hasn't researched everything about the Mormon church, but that he's like really smart and he's British. I had to say, cause I was like venting about it to my boyfriend that morning. I was like, Oh, here we go. The Brits now, like <laughs> they're stepping in and trying to like, it was just funny to me because they were, so many of the comments were trying to come across as if they're very intellectual and smart, which maybe they are. I'm not discrediting discrediting the fact that they, they probably are intelligent human beings, but they were so condescending in the way that they talked to us as if we were just these two super ignorant people sitting on our couches without any education <laughs> or experiences in life at all. And we're just like, hey you know what, let's be assholes and create this page <laughs> just for kicks and giggles. And it was yeah. so kind, like, it was just so frustrating from our point of view to be like, have A, have you even listened to the podcast? B, do you know what we stand for? And C, you don't know shit about our experiences or our life or how intelligent we are. Like, yeah, they were, yeah. there was um, that one commenter that was very, it was interesting, actually, because they were saying that we were the type of people that um, if we had lived in biblical times, we would have been like torturing Jesus. And they asserted that if we came in contact with a general authority, that we would like torture them. And, oh, you know, it's just wild. It's wild that mindset that they have of being persecuted and how we're so evil. We're evil Satan robot bitches, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just that since we disagree with them and we criticize their church, therefore we uh, then, I guess, don't have any morals and we're hateful people and we're toxic and all of this. I, I, I mean, they just assume all of that, which is fascinating to me, honestly. It's really fascinating. And also the fact that, like, so many of them, I mean, the biggest argument I would say on that page was them saying that, we were being manipulative and distorting the truth and um, misleading people to this page because we use the church's hashtag. And I was just like, the church does not own hashtags. Like how many fucking times do we have to explain this? Like, it's like they don't understand how social media and like Instagram works is that it's a, you know, it's an open platform. Anyone can tag anything they like. We're not breaking any of the rules on no. Instagram. We're not showing anything inappropriate. And uh, and furthermore, our content is related to the church. And so <laughs> therefore, it's like, it's not like we're just putting a random hashtag that doesn't r relate. This content relates very much to Mormonism. And they're trying to censor us by only showing things that put the church in a good light under that hashtag when it's like, well, why can't everyone's opinion be under that hashtag? Oh, yeah, it can. Freedom of speech. OK, exactly. <laughs> and I don't know if you listeners saw this, but one person threatened to, like, report our account, which oh, is they, I think they did. They did report our account and they were trying to get others to report it, but they they had no basis. You know, it's like. Instagram is not going to take us, you know, take our account down or anything, but it's like, they're just, 
offended by what we're saying and trying to silence us. That made my blood boil. Like, when that comment came up, that's when, because at first I was like, okay, whatever, don't really care, like, not bothered. And then that comment came up and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, now I'm going to just be like petty and I can't hold back like usually I try to be as diplomatic as possible but after that one I was like you know what fuck you guys for trying to take away my rights and my beliefs like because you don't I I saw a really great quote today actually in one of the ex-Mormon groups that said like you don't have to respect everyone's opinion you have to acknowledge a different opinion which I agree with but you don't have to respect someone's different opinion like I don't have to respect the fact that they believe in Mormon church and they don't have to respect the fact that I don't believe in the Mormon church but they have to acknowledge it just like I have to acknowledge them like because we don't go to any um pro LDS accounts we don't comment on it at all and even if we did find ourselves stumbling upon an account we would never ever report it and try to get it taken down because that's not that's not what we're about you know we want everyone to be able to speak their truth and say what they want and but they want to silence us it's just actually kind of scary when they have yeah it's terrifying yeah like and the thing is that it blew my mind also the hypocrisy of it all I mean we've we've already talked about it briefly with some of the comments but that same weekend, so the weekend that we got all of these ridiculous comments about how, how dare you, you know, use that hashtag, it's the church's hashtag, and you misled us, and you, you know, we didn't want to see this content, but now you forced us to see, and blah, blah, blah. Y'all, I got at least six invites from people on Facebook asking me to do that goddamn LDS worldwide fast thing. And it pissed me off. I was like, this They're is a perfect example. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, here's the thing. We use a hashtag that's for an open platform, but Mormons are proactively sending me individual invites for this stuff that they know I'm not participating in because I'm not Mormon anymore. I've been quite vocal about that on Facebook so I'm pretty sure everyone knows and two of them I declined well I declined them all and the two that two of the ones I declined sent it a second time and I got so pissed you guys I reported it as spam because I was like fuck (laughs) off like I said no and now you think that two hours later I'm gonna change my mind so you resend the invite like <laughs> what? Oh, that's such a good example though, because yeah, I I luckily didn't get any personal invites. I guess people <laughs> know that I would definitely decline, but I did see I mean, it was dozens of friends and family members sharing that, which I would scroll and see on my social media. Yet did I comment on it on publicly and tell them that they were manipulating me and that I was so mad that I had to see this in my feed? No, I just kept no. scrolling. Like <laughs> Exactly. Same with me. I even saw someone post it on their LinkedIn account, which I was okay. like, your okay. professional <laughs> LinkedIn account, you're going to post this. Okay. whatever you do you like I'm not gonna comment the same like I didn't comment on any of the Facebook posts or the Instagram stories about it I just left it alone or if they post too much I just unfollow 
Which is all these fucking Mormons need to do. If they don't like it, go past it or unfollow us. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, but point being, you guys, thank you for your support and your love and, like, all of the amazing comments that you guys left. Like, every time when I was feeling, like, overwhelmed and having a bit of, like, because it it really tears you down after you get so many of them back to back and, like, Especially because they weren't, you know, the usual just saying we shouldn't do this. But it was, like, personal attacks on me and Katie, like, individually. Um, I was a bit, like, worn down by, I think it was Saturday morning. And my boyfriend was like, what's wrong? And, like, I had to just have, like, a big cuddle of, like, him telling me, like, oh, I'm very proud of you. And, like, I'm really proud of what you and Katie are doing. And, like, you're fighting this cause and like you know you have so many like so much support and love from the community and from people who love you and it was like yeah that's true like we are doing something good and I'm so like like it feels good to hear someone say like I'm proud of you and like I'm happy and so like Katie and I also chatted about that too like we're proud of each other for doing this but also Thank you guys so much for all that you do and for this community that we have and the support and love because in times like that when you you know we're doing something right when we cause that much of a, a stir or a ruffle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know we're doing something right, but it can still wear you down a bit. So thank you guys for having our backs and supporting yeah. and just the lovely messages we got as well. It was really it was- nice really nice it was really helpful during that time I mean they're always nice to get nice messages but especially during that time because there was also this kind of little battle going on in the um in the dms not just on the public comments but there's this woman who (laughs) is really upset at us because she thinks that we lied about how much the temple clothes cost (laughs) and she just keeps picking fights with us. And I'm trying, when I respond to her, I try to be so kind and I'm, I try my best to be fair, but she just is like adamant that we're wrong. And I'm like, okay, well it's, she's just basically saying that we're all lying and she's right. And exactly. And I'm like, know her. I don't know you. I don't know how credible she is. And I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? And she wanted me to take it down. We have a story showing the temple clothes, if you guys didn't know. And she wanted me to take it down. And I was like, hmm, I think you just want me to take it down because you don't want the temple clothes being shown and you're making it about the price of them, which is <laughs> weird and irrelevant, really, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And she just, you guys, when she sends a, a message, it's not like, hey, you know, the prices are wrong or she, like, will send an article or, like, send some type of, like, LDS-based source and will be like, ha, so who said this and this? And, like, so condescending <laughs> and passive-aggressive. It's just like, girl, you're the one who's proactively reaching out to us to send this article or whatever. Like, what do you do? What like, like, what do you want me to do? I think I even <laughs> said that to her. Like, what do you propose my next step of action is here? Because I don't know. <laughs> you want like I don't understand what you want and she just wants basically wants us to shut up and I'm like no not gonna do it and did you see the last message I sent her no (laughs) I I haven't seen it 
I think I said, do you have any like credible non-LDS sources to show this information? And she's like, I'm sure there are tons. <laughs> like, well, that's my answer. Okay, moving on. I have things to do with my life. <laughs> oh, my. Anyway, so that was that was that. That was last week, and that was crazy. But I hope everyone had a good Easter weekend and that you all didn't fast on Good Friday because I sure didn't. <laughs> I loved your your posts and your stories. Those were great. Thanks yeah. for everyone who sent those in. Like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, so are you ready to get into our topic today? Yes, I am. Perfect. Today we're talking about dun 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 yep. girls camp. Yay! And you guys sent in so many good messages. Like Katie and I were like, "Whoa, so many!" Um, so thanks, yeah. thanks for yeah. sending. So if you're listening and you don't know about Mormon Girls Camp, it's basically a camp for the girls, obviously, of the church from the age of 12 to 18. And I think it's usually in the summertime because that's when public school is out. So they'll go, I think it's anywhere from like two to five days. They'll go camping or I think sometimes people in certain areas just do like a one day trip. But I think in general, it's somewhere between two to five days. They go camping um, and I think some of them do tents. A lot of them have cabins. They'll go to different campsites or whatever. And the whole thing is based around the church, obviously. So, like, in the morning, you have a special prayer. I guess you pray before every meal. But in the morning, you have, like, your scriptures and your prayers. And then you pray throughout the day. And you do different, different, like, church-related activities. Or you learn homemaking skills. Or you go on a hike. Um, And then at night, of course, you make they make your own dinner and you pray over it and then you um at night they'll have like a devotional or a fireside relating to the church and that's all day every day you are being taught and indoctrinated deeper into the church it's just all teenage girls and their leaders so that's like the gist of it I would say there's a lot more to go into but we'll get there yeah Um, that's a good a good summary especially for those who didn't grow up Mormon yeah. Just to set the background, like most people know about summer camps. So yeah. just have that concept in mind. Plus, you're adding a layer of Mormon doctrine, indoctrination, brainwashing yeah. on top of that. <laughs> it's so. just like a very religious, all girls like summer camp, basically. Just, but it's shorter. It's just for like a week. So, um, I guess, do you want to start out by, I guess we could tell some of our memories from Girls Camp? Yeah, sure. We can do that. And then we can read some of the stories that we got sent in. And also, I do want to say before we start, um, there, okay, (laughs) speaking (laughs) is hard. Having a podcast is hard. Um, (laughs) There are mixed feelings on Girls Camp. Um, Oh, yeah, so yeah, just to a good clarify. To... Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, that was a good thing to say. I was going to mention that too, but I forgot. 
Yeah, so some people really, they loved girls' camp or they felt it was, in, you know, they're indifferent about it. Like, they didn't have good or bad experiences. It was just whatever. But we did receive quite a few emails or messages from listeners saying that they actually had a really great time. And it's like the one positive experience they had um, in the Mormon church before leaving. So just to highlight that not all of these experiences are bad. And as usual, we can't speak for everyone, just our own personal experiences. Um, But I wanted to highlight because Unfortunately for me, I was one of the ones who did not have any positive experiences really with Girls Camp. Um, So I wanted to make sure that we address that first, that it wasn't always horrible and not for every single person. Yeah, you know, that makes me think, like, we'll get into it when we read the listeners some of their (laughs) messages. But I was loving, we got so many messages saying that they liked girls camp because they liked girls. Oh, that's amazing. And they were like, we, or they, maybe they didn't realize that they were attracted to girls or maybe they did realize it, but they were just hiding it. And so that's part of the reason that they loved it so much is because they got to spend all this time around girls and it was like exciting and all of that. And I thought that was so cute. And I love that so people said that like (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) that is really cute yeah I did I I have to admit I haven't read all of the messages but I did in particular read one that was like um one of our listeners saying that she got to cuddle with a really hot leader and like that was her (laughs) highlight and I was like yes I love it um (laughs) it's like yeah of course you're gonna enjoy yourself then right yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) Love it. It was really cute. Um, Yeah, okay, so my experience is, to be honest, it's very vague in my memory, which is surprising because usually I have quite vivid memories of especially anything, like, related to church activities. Uh But girls camp, I just have, like, maybe four or five distinct memories, and that's that's about it. Um, I think, and this is how bad my memory, I'm pretty sure I only went one year, maybe two years, but the second year I don't remember at all. So if I did go, I went as a a leader. I remember that. So I think what happened is that I was meant to go and I was told I could go as a leader because I finished all of my, um, what is it called, Young Women in Progress? Oh, yeah, like your personal progress. Personal progress, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd finished that. So they were like, oh, you can go back next year as a counselor or a leader, whatever the next level was. But I don't think I went, or maybe I went for like a day and was like, nah, I'm not doing this again. Um, So, but my first year, we had it in North Georgia. It was like, I remember it was probably like a, oops, sorry, my mic just fell over. (laughs) Mic, sorry guys. It's because I literally have it just resting on my tits, so it just kind of <laughs> fell over. Precarious um, position. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, yeah, we had it in North Georgia. It was like a three-hour, it was a really beautiful location. I do remember that. It was like a state park and absolutely gorgeous. Um, we were like in the middle of the woods, and it was um, it had like a facility, so it had like a pool and stuff. And we were in cabins, so it wasn't like roughing it for real. We had 
I think there are, I don't know how many cabins, but there were like four girls to each cabin. And then they had like an activity center and like a canteen because that's where we ate. And the pavilion. Did you have running water? Yeah, yeah, we did. Not in the cabin. I know, right? Um, The cabins were just beds in there and like lockers. And then they had like a a shower and toilet facility. So it was like a campground, basically. Gotcha. Like a state park mm-hmm. campground. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we didn't do the whole roughing it because in Georgia, it's just like, there's no way. No one would ever go if they had to go in summer. It's so fucking hot and humid <laughs> and yeah. bugs and snakes and all of that. So there's no way anyone would go. <laughs> like, I would never have gone. Um yeah, so we had, like, cabins, and I I remember I got placed into a cabin with three other girls who I didn't know. It was, like, it was a, I think it was all stakes or all wards, like, two stakes combined. So, for okay. listeners who don't know, like, we've talked about this before, but, like, you have a stake, and within the stake, there are, like, multiple wards, which are, like, individual church buildings, and because where I'm from, like, There aren't a lot of Mormons. I think they combined two stakes, which was, like, South and North Georgia. Okay. So, to make it worth it. Like, otherwise, there would be, like, ten girls who went if we just did (laughs) one stake. Um, So, yeah, I didn't didn't know the girls, but I remember, like, they did this weird introduction thing where we went into the um, canteen or, like, eating area, and you had to sit with your cabin and I didn't know anyone. And then they made you, like, do these weird little games, like, chanting games. And you had to introduce yourself. And and when they stopped on you, like, you had to stand up. And, like, I don't remember. It was just, like, bizarre. I remember feeling super nervous because I didn't know anyone. But I would say this was a positive experience that everyone was really sweet and nice to me. Like, I do remember being, like, I don't know anyone here in this group. And it was, like, my first day. And everyone was like cheering and we're like oh my god welcome Sarah and then they had these little like oh sorry that's kind of like just they're making you feel like you're I don't know you're welcome and that kind of makes me me think of how you feel safe when you're around other Mormons you know what I mean like yeah kind of the love bombing thing yeah Exactly. And it was very, and it was this whole idea. And we even had t-shirts that said sisters in Zion. So like, and, and everyone, yeah, legit. And like, I think I still have that t-shirt back at home, like in storage. Yes. And, and, uh, and you called each other sisters the whole time. Like I do remember that. And they had like these little, each person had like a envelope and you could put nice notes in there. And like did at you end, do did you do um secret sister? Mate, yeah, yeah, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, so that's where that. like yeah, that's where you'd get like assigned one of the girls and she would be your secret sister and so you could like leave her, I don't know, nice notes or give her gifts or whatever, but you did do it secretly. I do remember that. Yes, yeah, all coming back to me now. <laughs> I really wish I had those photos because I took like a ton of disposable cameras and I developed them. (laughs) And I know I have them somewhere because I have a picture of me standing up like doing that introduction thing. So, oh man. Hello. Um, 
So, yeah, so we did that, and then kind of like what Katie was saying, I, I remember there was, like, arts and crafts time, and I hate, like, I'm just not, <laughs> I am now, but back then I was not an artsy person at all. Like, I hated doing any type of crafts and art time. And I remember, like, we had to, like, make necklaces, or, like, we did something with beads, and then they had, like, I just always skipped, and my mom would get stuck. Because my, oh, that's the other thing, my mom was a leader, uh-huh yeah okay <laughs> so she was there and I remember as like a bratty little turd I was constantly like annoyed with her if she like talked to me in front of people and I was such a bitch you guys I was the worst teen and so anytime she was around I was like oh leave me alone like and I would just skip like arts and crafts quite often and then they had like games like so they had stations set up you could like play games or whatever but just to emphasize to listeners, it was all embedded with, like, Mormons. Oh, yeah. Like, everything you did. And and like Katie said, every time we had a meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you had to say the blessing. And, like, I remember being called on a few times and being so nervous because it was, like, in front of this huge group of people. Yeah. And it was well, terrible. Well, and yeah, like you were saying, like, any kind of craft, like – even if you're just beading, like making a bracelet or a necklace or whatever, it the the idea around it was church related. So like that maybe they'd have the beads be the color of the different like values in personal progress. And so you have to like the white ones represent faith or whatever, you know, so it's not just beading. It's, act, it's not learning this new skill. It's like it's surrounded and imbued with Mormonism. <laughs> oh my god that's true yeah all these memories are coming back as you like mention stuff yeah the the colors of the beads were all the young women colors so it was like <laughs> faith divine nature which nature. I still know the colors like faith is white divine nature is orange right faith oh orange. I don't know girl I knowledge <laughs> is green choice and accountability is yellow wait Faith, knowledge, choice, faith, choice and accountability, knowledge, integrity, good works maybe is yellow, integrity is purple. You guys, legit. Like, like there it is, yeah. All yeah. the colors, and you like have to have them memorized, and you can only put them in that order. So yeah, arts and crafts was all about that, and then you had like service projects that you had to do, um, and also to emphasize, modesty was like talked about nonstop and I just yep. want to emphasize again south fucking Georgia even though we were in north Georgia still hot as balls like in the middle of the summer so hot and we like you wouldn't be able to go to your women's camp if you brought immodest clothes no and by no. immodest I mean like you couldn't have shorts that were shorter than hand length for me in Utah, it was if they were, they had to go to your knee. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Sars wasn't that extreme. I think it, it just had to be fingertip tip length, and you had to have a one-piece swimsuit. And I didn't have a one-piece. Like, I never wore a bikini, but I always wore tankinis, but they, like, covered everything. But those weren't allowed. I had to get a one-piece. You Jezebel. I know. I'm such a it's core so whore. It's so gross that they were, st- you're such a core whore. That's that was something we got called last week. Um, 
it's just so gross that they sexualize like young girls bodies in such a way that they can't even go to an all girls youth camp and wear a tankini like what even that what even is that it's really nasty to me it's horrible and it's like you judge like it's this whole other girls like they they teach you to judge other girls as well because I remember being like oh did you see what so-and-so wore? And everyone would be like, oh, my God, she wore this and this. And, like, that's an <gasps> You know what? That made me think of something. I know it's not my turn yet, but I'm going to share this memory. So <laughs> that made me think of, like, being so judged and being so ashamed um, when you're in your little cabin. So I had mine in cabins as well. Luckily, I didn't have to go in a tent or anything. But then you, you know, you're changing your clothes and there's other girls around. And I was so like out of touch with my body that I was nervous to even change my clothes in front of other girls. And I was really nervous, especially because my underwear was like, had some kind of like print or it was a color or something. I don't remember exactly, but all the other girls underwear was just white. And so mine like stood out and I could tell I can't remember if someone like said something about it, but I felt so shameful just because I had on underwear that was like colorful. It was oh that, God. but I was still so, yeah, ashamed of myself for the littlest thing. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. And the fact that you even have that memory, like, yeah, uh, so, so awful. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, that was definitely an issue of like something I remember quite distinctly is is that everyone was very judgy and it was like mm-hmm. encouraged that you make sure each sister upholds the standards of the, the Lord and that like yeah. you have to dress modestly and no vulgar talk and um we had quite a few listeners talk about the pranks, and I also remember that we did we did pranks, but it was really callous, actually. That was, it was like, I, I remember we pranked people who were, like, social outcasts. Oh, yeah. I know, and I feel so guilty about it, because I participated in it, and those girls were, like, really upset by it, and I was just like, whatever, it's fine, because my leader did it, and, like, I want to impress the leader. So that's too bad. Yeah. It was not nice. Um, I think, Oh, and then other things too, is like most of the listeners, you guys messaged about this, but they have, okay. So people who didn't grow up in the Mormon church after like for us, we did it on, I think it was every evening. So I had camp for a week. I believe it was a week. And after you had dinner, you would go out and it was like, this grassy area, I want to say it was, a, I, my memory is like a basketball court, like by a basketball court or the pool or something like that, but it was like a grassy area and you would sit out there and you'd have a fast and testimony meeting. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so awful because like you had so much pressure to bear your testimony, even though you didn't want to, because like, if you didn't, you were seen as someone who wasn't righteous or who wasn't feeling the spirit enough. And that was a indicator that you weren't righteous enough. And so, like, you had oh this pressure. God. Like, if there was any silence, 
then it was like people nudging you to like go up. And so I remember doing that too, like having to bear my testimony and like dreading it every time. Like, ugh. Even though I did that too, and a lot of listeners said they did it, even though they didn't even really believe the things they were saying necessarily sometimes, or they just thought that they were so peer pressured into doing it that they thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah, Which, exactly. Uh, yeah, that screams cult to me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, and then my last memory before I pass it on to Katie and the stories we have from listeners um, this one's even, so I saved this one for last because it's like, so I have two memories, one positive, like there's an amazing family in our ward who the mother was Polynesian and the dad was African-American is, they both are still alive. And they had the most beautiful children. I like these people are absolutely stunning to this day. I'm just like the most beautiful people I know. And I was quite good friends with one of the daughters or I think she's the only daughter. And they taught us like how to. um, Oh, my God, I can't even think of it right now. Oh, my God. What is it that like uh, a common dance? Oh, when you do. Is it like hula dance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry if I, I'm being like such a basic white bitch. And I'm sorry that I forgot that. But yeah, so we had like an activity where we learned that. And I remember even being at a young age realizing how white I was because I had no rhythm. <laughs> I did yeah. not like the um, Polynesian leader who was teaching us. And I was just, but, but I was like amazed by their moves and the grace and like how beautiful it was. So that's like a positive experience from that um the negative though so that same night we had a luau because they also like roasted the whole pig and like the whole shabam like it was really that was cool but then that night it was really stormy and we actually had tornado warnings out and it was like really like definitely it was like you need to evacuate blah 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 but we stayed because they were like if we pray and so we had a special meeting that was, I can still remember it. We were in the pavilion. And it was like crazy weather. And they were like, if we just pray and like bear testimonies, like the Lord will keep us safe and like blah, blah, blah. And so, y'all, we stayed <laughs> instead of listening to experts and evacuating and like getting like in a safe, secure place from tornadoes and bad weather. We stayed and prayed. Oh, no. I mean, luckily, we didn't get hurt and no one was harmed. But, like, now that I think about it, it's like, what, like, what a dumb thing to do. Like, that That is so dangerous. It's so dangerous. Wow. I'm glad you're, yeah, glad you're okay. Yeah, I'm glad no one died. Whoa. But, yeah. Wow. That's my experience. Your turn, Katie. I'm going to roll over and uh, get my listening ears on. (laughs) Well, I think I I kind of feel the same as you, which uh, in the fact that I don't have I have a few like memories from camp, but I honestly think that I just hated it so much that I blocked out a lot of it. Yes, same. Um, I. When I was younger, I just didn't really even like camping in general that much. And I think I was 
quite insecure, which I think a lot of people are when they're growing up and they're a teenager. But I think just being like away from my family and then you're kind of forced to be friends with these girls that like I was acquaintances with, but I wasn't really close to any of them. So I kind of felt out of my element in that way too. And then you know, you're like kind of getting dirty. And I just didn't, I just never really felt, I don't know, good when I was there, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes uh, sense. But yeah, I, um, I remember I have a few vivid memories. One is where um, we'd had this really, like intense hike. And my mom was actually a leader as well. So I, yeah, I was kind of obligated to go because she was a leader and it was this really intense hike. And we got to the top of this mountain and I remember my mom pulled out her cell phone and she was going to call, I think my dad, because that was like the only place she could get reception was like up on that mountain. And it was because Uh, my grandpa had just had a heart attack like a week before. And instead of, it just hit me that like, instead of staying with her own father, because she had, yeah, he'd had a heart attack. um, She came on the, on the girls camp trip because it was like her calling. Um, And I just always thought that was so crazy. And then once we got done with that hike, we were all like super exhausted But to make it into, like, this spiritual experience, they gave us letters from, like, our loved ones. And I remember I got this really sweet letter from my dad. And I started crying because I was, like, touched. But, of course, everyone around me was like, oh, you're feeling the spirit. And then I thought that was the spirit is, like, that feeling of, like, receiving a nice, lovely letter from your loved one. And that stuck with me for a long time of, like, oh, I really felt the spirit in that moment. But... That wasn't the spirit. <laughs> no. And can I just sidebar really quickly? Yeah. That whole idea of feeling the spirit, like, that was one of the biggest concerns I had when I left the church is I was like, but I felt the spirit and I can't mm-hmm. deny that. But y'all, after leaving, you realize that that's not the spirit. That's just a, an overwhelming feeling of joy or happiness that you yeah. get or like you know, sweetness or whatever it is. Like literally today I was watching the office and the episode when Pam and Jim get married and I started crying. I know. And it was the same feeling I had as feeling the Holy ghost. I'm doing air quotes, but it was just because it was like such a sweet, tender moment. And I was like, I have all the feels right now. I'm not going to lie though. My favorite part of that episode is where Kevin uses tissue boxes as shoes. (laughs) (laughs) He puts his feet in the ice box and goes, Oh, my dogs were barking. (laughs) And it made me, I was so grossed out by that part. Those was like, imagine people getting that eyes. So gross. Yes, it's so good. Um, I remember, so back to girls camp, I remember being kind of confused about why um, a grown man, like a priesthood holder, quote unquote, always had to be around. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, that's true. Week, there would be like a man or two that were always there and they would even sleep there because 
they said that like you always needed the priesthood power and it's like now looking back at it it's like oh yeah because the women leaders don't actually have any power so there's always and then the bishop then the bishop shows up at the end of the week and he gives this like talk and all the girls feel the spirit quote unquote and they start crying and then there's the testimony meeting and yeah I remembered that and then um Another thing I remembered was it was kind of like this this night hike, but it wasn't really a hike. It was more of just like this night stroll, I guess. But you were you had to like be led by the the youth leaders like through this little path and like you couldn't let go of their hand. And um, it was like dark and everything. And then there was the other leaders all around, like in the trees, and they would like start yelling things at you, like trying to get you to let go of her hand, like, oh, you need to come over here. I need your help. Or like such and such is in trouble, like come over here. And you had to like ignore them and still hold on to the other leader's hand because she was going to take you like like she was basically representing the straight and narrow path, like holding on to the iron rod. But, like, I just remember that, like, the younger girls that were there that went through that were, like, really scared. It was, like, kind of a scary experience. And, like, if you let go of the hand, it was, like, you gave in to the temptation of Satan or whatever. And then, like, it, yeah, it's kind of a blurry memory. But I just remember it was really weird and, like, fear-inducing of, like, if you don't follow the straight and narrow, you're going to get lost in the darkness forever. God, I'm not even surprised, though. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then, like you said, it was just a lot of, like, arts and crafts and sewing. And we didn't even have a swimming pool, so I didn't even get the chance to (laughs) be shamed about my swimwear. (laughs) (laughs) That comes later in life at BYU when you come to visit me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's right. That that guy was such a douche canoe yeah um um, but yeah that's basically it like I kind of just remember feeling like the like the older girls like the laurels you know the 17 and 18 year olds were kind of bullies and um yep I remember them making fun of like the younger girls because like we didn't like shave our armpits or just something dumb like that and they would just make us feel like shit about ourselves and it was just kind of commonplace so (laughs) yeah I mean that's that's pretty much everything interesting that I can remember but we can get into what some of the listeners said because they had a lot to say and sorry we probably won't be able to get to everyone's because I screenshotted some but there were so many messages that it was hard to get to them all (laughs) it was but I do have to say one when you're talking about lessons and like fear and discipline Uh lessons like the one that I, I I didn't read them all I'm sorry I will after this episode um but there was one that it made me, it was sad, it was horrible, but also, like, I was more upset about the wasted ice cream. So let me just share this one. Oh, yeah, share that one. I don't think I got that one in a screenshot. Share that. <laughs> so this one is, um, I don't know if people want us to to say their name, but um, you know who you are. And if you want us to give you credit, of course we will. 
I just never know if people want us to Yeah, I say we just err on the side of not saying it just in case. Exactly. So she she sends in the mustard sundae and you're like, is that a prank? And she says, no, it's a purity lesson. And they, okay, it so makes me gross out. But they made a giant banana split sundae with five gallons of ice cream and sprinkles and stuff and then squirted mustard on top of the sundae. The mustard in the example was meant to represent sin or loss of virtue. So, quote, you can scrape off the mustard with the atonement, but you won't really be delicious as before. And you can't get all the mustard off. So it's better not to sin in the first place. That is so horrifyingly disgusting, like in both senses. <laughs> but it's just exactly. like, why are you treating young women as if they are ice cream? Like there's something for someone else to be consumed. Like, fuck exactly. off with that. It made me so gross out. But then I was also just annoyed that they wasted all that ice cream. But she <laughs> responded something brilliant. She's like, don't worry, I was a shit disturber and recruited girls to help clean up. But we took the rest of the topping, scooped all that mustard into the bin and remade the sundae. <laughs> yes, queen. Yes. <laughs> Which is amazing. Okay, so sorry. You can go to your screenshot ones because that one was the one that stuck out in my head. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Ew, that's so nasty. Um, okay, so I'll just read a couple of these. Um, this person says, I hated girls camp. Same. <laughs> I never fit in with any of the other girls, so I was always alone, and they always played the meanest pranks on me, like a sopping wet towel in my sleeping bag and hiding oh. my underwear. Oh. I begged my parents not to. I begged my parents not to make me go every year, and they always told me I didn't have a choice. Zero out of ten. Don't recommend. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Okay, so I like this one. Uh, I loved camping. Period. But I also loved girls' camp because I was surrounded by pretty girls 24/7, and little did I know, but I was going to be very gay as an adult. (laughs) Yes, I love it. So my fourth year, I had a crush on a girl in my ward, and we kissed. She was my first girlfriend after that girls' camp, LOL. We said we'd live together after I served my mission, LOL. (laughs) And And we didn't think we were doing anything wrong until she, quote, unquote, broke up with me. She basically said that we had to stop being friends. I had just graduated high school, and she was still in it. Anyways... A girl's camp meant loads of fun to me because I was in self-denial about how much I really liked a girl's company. I didn't really get all that spiritual at the testimony meetings, but I just mimicked what others said and mostly cried about how hard some of the hikes were. (laughs) (laughs) I love this woman, whoever you are. This is so good. Isn't that so great? It's just like, oh, yeah, looking back on it, it makes total sense why I enjoyed myself. (laughs) So So this person says, I think girls camp was just their way of making girls, certain girls feel included. And for the leaders to pressure and brainwash us into wanting to be pretty little housewives. True. Also an open door to abuse. There was always one man from our ward who had volunteered to go as the priesthood holder. Total creep. There were numerous times he tried to get me alone and sometimes he succeeded. Luckily, nothing ever happened, but he tried. I told my parents, the leaders, and nothing ever happened because he was a worthy priesthood holder. Oh, that's so fucked up because, you know, there's stories out there where something did happen 
And that makes me so sad and infuriated at the same time. Like that's oh, yeah. yeah, that's a prime environment for that, yep. you know. And there's all these places like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> this this person says, OMG, girls camp. Two girls got in so much trouble for kissing my first year. <laughs> I love love these girls kissing. It's so good. I know they're like, ooh, finally I get to explore. Um, Also, I'm 5'9 and have super long legs, so finding finding shorts to my knees that also fit my skinny ass at age 15 was nearly impossible. I had shorts on on that were maybe two inches above my knees, and I got screamed at by my leaders. I feel that. I also got in trouble for calling the girls in the other wards dumb hoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm crying. Okay. Um, here's another one. She says that um, she was wearing shorts. I was wearing shorts that were just barely above the knee and was told I would have to be sent home if I wore them. I cried because that was the only thing I had. I brought them from, I had bought them from the thrift store because my mom couldn't afford anything else. And for some reason, we couldn't wear open-toed shoes, and that made me mad because I finally got some decent hiking sandals for my birthday. I also remember the bishop would come for the last few days of camp and set up some freaky obstacle course representing the Tree of Life and the Iron Rod. Oh, hey, the Iron Rod, yeah, where he, the where the bishop would whisper to us where to go representing the spirit while the other leaders would yell at us horrible things to represent Satan. I was so freaked out and so anxious that I couldn't see. I wanted to go home so bad. That plus I had to hide my tampons because tampons were an unspoken taboo because vagina. <laughs> oh my God. This person experienced something like I did with the like, leading you through the forest creepy thing yeah I forgot about tampons also being like a weird taboo like I didn't I wasn't taught about tampons initially and I remember like actually someone who was my (laughs) she was my young woman leader but she was always like a bit on the she was not a Molly Mormon. She taught me about tampons in the church parking lot when I was oh, like 16 wow. or 17. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I used one until after high school because they were very taboo. It's almost like it's so gross to say this, but it's like they think maybe using a tampon is messing with your virginity. I yeah, don't know. For sure. That, yeah. that was something I was always taught that like it could rupture your hymen so you don't want to to use them and also like you shouldn't be touching yourself down there basically <laughs> like That's you should avoid bad. contact um, yeah. this person said in texas we had to have girls camp over spring break because it was too dangerous to have during the summer heat that makes sense mm. so in high school all my friends got to party in the South Parade while I was stuck doing Jesus crafts and getting eaten by mosquitoes. (laughs) You know what? We need to make like a comedy movie about girls camp. I think it would be so good. This one says, oh, my God, the girls at girls camp were incredibly homophobic. My cabin mom and girls all lectured me about my going to hell because they thought I was a lesbian and my need to repent because I had a pixie cut. Oh, my God. 
what the hell? Oh. I had a fixie cut. Do you remember when people years. used to think that you and I were lesbians together? Yes, I very much do. Yeah, because we would say nice things to each other, and I had short hair for quite a while. So apparently, that makes us a lesbian couple. I mean, I do love you. I guess it works. (laughs) It's true. I mean, I was always flattered, so it was fine by me. But it was just like this... Just if like, any time that Katie would comment on my Facebook or if I would comment on hers, like people would like send me messages like, "Are you gay now?" And I'm like, "What? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> fucking Mormons!" I tell you, compliment from a woman. What is wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, she, she says, oh, girls camp was the worst. The way they teased the younger girls is horrible. I went one year and was in the middle, but since it was my first time, they played, oh, sorry, my phone went, <laughs> my phone went dark. Um, <laughs> since it was my first time, they played a bunch of pranks on me and another girl. We went late night snipe, quote unquote, snipe hunting, and they told us to cover ourselves in toothpaste and gummy bears to keep them away. Oh, my God. We were left out of a lot of the games, and I wasn't baptized, so the girls were always catty and never liked me. Being so young, I think it instilled in me that girls will always be against you. And to this day, I only have one or two friends I let all the way into my life. So, you know, that, like, kind of, I I felt that. Like, I feel like a lot of times in those activities at church, not even just girls camp, but in general, it kind of, like, pitted girls against each other they were like always competing who was better or more righteous or who could be in the in group or the out group and I know that that's not just to do with Mormonism that's in general society but I think it was really amplified in the young women's and the culture of that and even to this day I still am kind of like cautious even though I don't want to be because I love having women friends but I'm cautious about it you know what I mean yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Very interesting. Um, oh, sorry, can I just read this one? I don't know if you have please it. Please do, yeah, please do. Um, this person, I, I hadn't even read this message until right now. I was just going through them. But it's like the exact same experience that I had. She says, I was made to walk a mile and a half back to my cabin from the lake to swim because I was wearing a tankini, and apparently that wasn't modest enough. The camp leader told me I had to wear a shirt over my swimsuit or else I couldn't swim. Also, we always had to have a priesthood leader from the state for priesthood protection. The men came in shifts to watch over us. Oh, like, freaks me out. Why? You have all these adult women there. Why do you need an adult man? Uh, also, this, are you still there? <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, listeners. <laughs> So sorry, we just had some technical difficulties and I just about pooped my pants because I thought we lost our entire recording and that was very scary, but we're back. Hello. We're back. My bladder is emptied in my bowels because I took a little pee poop break while we were figuring out the technical problems. So just that was just like a commercial break, right? <laughs> it was a commercial break. Yeah. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Me neither. So I'm just going to read another another DM. <laughs> yeah, let's just, it's going to be pieced together real, real good. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just piece this together real nice. Okay, we're professionals. 
<laughs> so she says, um, it was just indoctrination to the max. It was incredibly easy to, quote, feel the spirit amongst a throng of emotional teenage girls at stake girls camp. I was also in the Young Women's Presidency for my award most of the time in Young Women's, and I would beg for us to go longer than two nights or to at least go to a cool location like the young men got to do. At least two of my girls' camps were held in a field on a ranch the Young Women's President's family owned. It was about 15 minutes south of our church house. Really roughing it, camping two days on a fucking lawn. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh my god, so amazing. Um, let me see if I can find some more. Oh, I'm still recovering from that scare of thinking we were gonna lose the whole recording. Right. Um, <laughs> well, this is a good one. Did you read this one about like archery and? Oh, I th- yeah, you could read that one. Okay. So this listener says, oh, my goodness, where do I even begin? Well, there were a few years where I had a good time, like when we had a ropes course our fourth year, but overall it was too clicky. One of my younger sisters was almost always left out, and there were way too many rules. I did have a lot of fun learning archery, though. That was awesome. I'm glad we had that option during our limited free time. I always wanted to run around the forest, but no one had to do, but no, we had to do boring crafts or clean the bathrooms or sing silly songs. And we always felt pressured to have a spiritual experience. I think the main reason why I did feel, quote, the spirit was because we were out in nature. On one of the nights, we all slept under the stars and it was so beautiful. Also, I didn't mind being in the forest with a bunch of girls. Spoiler alert, I like girls, but didn't know it at the time. I love that. Oh, yeah, that that reminds me. That's what I was saying when we got cut off last is um, that I thought it would have been so cool to like learn about the stars or the nature or whatever, all the wildlife. But instead, we just basically learned like homemaking skills and then we attributed the beautiful nature to God. We didn't really learn about it. At least exactly. I didn't. Yeah, same. Um, I have one. She says, I went to camp every summer. The first couple of years, I wasn't active. I would get pumped up on, quote, the spirit and try to be as religious as possible when I came home. It would inevitably fade off. Then my third year, I was getting excited at camp and thought to myself, hey, it's okay if I just go to camp and have fun and then not go to church on Sundays. Then our devotional that night was on faith, and the speaker said, you can't just think to yourself, it's okay if I just go to camp and have fun and not go to church on Sundays. You need the church. I took that as a direct sign from God, and from the age of 14 to 26, that is an experience that anchored me in the church. I was too young to realize that a lot of girls surely had this same rational thought, and the fact that he was giving a prepared speech means he knew other girls had said this. So yeah, fuck the church. Some of my fondest memories are of camp, but they they sneaky sneaked the brainwashing in with fun camp activities. Oh, and P.S., one year the theme was boot camp, and they were just mean to us with a ton of rules and made us do calisthenics. Everyone was so miserable that year. I also got a bad stomach bug and missed out on most of camp. I got a priesthood blessing that obviously didn't help. The thought of that now cracks me up. All these grown-ass men putting their heads on my hands on my head thinking they gave this godlike healing power, and then 10 minutes later I'm puking in a bucket. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, oh, here's another good one. Um, 
first of all, I played some very, quote, inappropriate for Mormon girls games at night in our tents. I always wondered why priesthood holders would have to come to patrol every night. They said it was because of bears, but, like, is a man really that much better than a woman when it comes to a bear? Sounds like some <laughs> real patriarchal shit to me. Other than that, though, I love girls camp. Still a positive memory for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's all I screenshotted. I know there's more, but I know we also are probably getting close on time. Um, unless you have just one other one too, that I think is really good is we got an actual video in today. (gasps) I um, love this. I thought all flashbacks. Yes. Yeah, it was like our listener was demonstrating one of the weird chants that they do at Young Women where it's like a weird song. And anyways, it was like so many flashbacks. I was like, oh, my God, I totally remember that song. So um, thanks for sending in that video. I want to. Okay, so speaking of weird songs, when I was thinking about Girls Camp, something surfaced in my memory that I literally have not thought about since I went to Girls Camp. And it's a song. And so I want to share it with you. <laughs> what is it? Is it Sisters in Zion? No, but that one's also hilarious. Okay. It's called Mormon Boy. Do you remember it? No. Okay, I'm going to sing it for you. Sorry, listeners. I have a terrible singing voice. It's more like a chant, so it's fine. Okay. And it's very very creepy and this I learned at girls camp and we sing it every year and they probably don't anymore because it has the word Mormon in it which is a victory for Satan but anyway (laughs) okay and when you do this they had like these little like hand clap motions or you'd like you know do it on your thighs like you know anyway okay yeah so it feels like this I can't believe I'm doing this this is how much I love you all (sighs) okay (laughs) I feel so stupid okay I love my Mormon boy. He is my pride and joy. He knows most everything from Alma on down. Woo! Someday I'll be his life. We'll have eternal life. Oh, how I love my Mormon boy. (laughs) Ew! Not to your voice. Your voice is so cute, by the way. It's super adorable. Okay, is that like the grossest little song ever and I still remember it like perfectly and I remember how you'd all sit around and you'd do the clapping motions. Oh, oh my God. We didn't learn that in my girls' camp, but I wish I don't wish we did. So now I could sing it to my atheist boyfriend and see how he, he likes it. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Like someday I'll be his wife. We'll have eternal Ew. life. Oh no. Oh, God. Oh, I just, that, that just was too much. That was just too much. Um, <laughs> okay, well, do you have any closing thoughts, Sarah? I don't, other than to emphasize again that we had some listeners respond that said that, like, Young Women's was a really, like, Young Women Camp was a good experience for them. So, sorry we didn't get to those, but they were a few, and... um yeah, so I'm happy that some people had positive experiences. But for these two chubby spinsters, <laughs> we did not have positive experiences. 
um, with girls camp. And it sounds like a lot of you also felt the same way. And it's just, I mean, I would like to hope that they've changed some of this in more recent times and maybe camp isn't as, sexist and horrible as it was before but I have a feeling it still is um well it's still totally gonna be filled with indoctrination because that's the whole point like or otherwise they just go to a regular summer camp oh do you know what other speaking of songs sorry listeners you're probably like bitches it's been an hour shut your mouth um but I was singing this one over the weekend while I was cleaning you guys this is how deep the brainwashing goes and the indoctrination like as a 31 year old woman I was still singing do as I'm doing follow follow me you know that one as I'm doing follow follow me yep. I can higher low I can do it fast or slow do as I'm doing follow follow me yeah you guys Oh, wow. I that while cleaning, and my boyfriend was like, what the hell are you singing? And I was like, it's a primary song. It won't get out of my head. Nope. They're in there. They're there to stay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you guys just send in some stories of songs, primary songs, or young women's songs, or just in general hymns that get stuck in your head, because I have them quite often pop up. Also, there was another one. Um... It was on Easter. I was singing one hymn. I can't remember that just like would not get out of my head. And I was like, oh, I don't want to sing a hymn on Easter. I just want to drink my rum and Coke. Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, it happens to me a lot. So I feel you. Yeah. Anyways, we love you guys. Thanks for listening and for your stories and for your support this past week dealing with Mormon trolls. We love you guys, and um, have a blessed week. Have a blessed week, you sweet spirits. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.